Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Hi, everybody. Isn't that great? Doesn't that it's, make, it's just like... I, so, I love that song. I have to put it on my ringtone. You cannot have a better environment. It better be, yeah, it better be good now. Um, I know, exactly. Hi, everybody. I'm Elizabeth Tura. I am a producing branch manager for Universal Lending in Denver, Colorado. And... Beach Steel? I'm sorry? Universal Lending? Mm-hmm. Lansing? Mm-hmm. So let me tell you something about her boss. He's awesome. Yeah, but I know. But, but check this out. So in 1994, I was having lunch with her, the owner of Universal Lending, Pete Lansing. And I think that year, they had just been um, given a, a, an award or something about top market share of a non-bank lender in the state uh, or in the uh, city of Denver. And um, it was 8%. And that was a pretty good number back then. And so I said to Pete, I said, so when are you going to start expanding out of Denver? And Pete looked at me and he said, why would I do that? there's still 92% of the market I need to get. That to me is a, yeah. Yeah. Because what happened is you start to think about this and everybody tries to go big and everybody tries to go wide and everybody tries to, to build, 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 build. It's like you could get one loan from a buyer or in 10 years you could get 83 loans from a buyer. Some of, you, some of them theirs and most of them referrals, but we have this choice right now to pursue customer share instead of market share. You're judged by not how many people give you one, you're judged by how many ones turn into twos without any additional labor. So anyway, that's my universal lending, Lansing, Pete Lansingism. I'll take it. He's very consistent. Tell him I said hi. I I will do so. Um, He says hi. He doesn't know. I'm just speaking on his behalf at this point. Um, So speaking to the point of growth, so my position at the company is now to start branching out our retail division so that we have more more breadth. Still in Denver market specifically, but so we have more, we're closer to the, to the customers, to the clients. So I have the responsibility and the authority, both of which, to motivate my team and my loan officers and me, right? Like me too. But I want to give them an example of what else is possible. And I mean, I really enjoy coming to this event because I get to hang out with all you really motivated, awesome, super duper folk. But I don't, I want them to be able to think bigger, like Tom was saying yesterday, like if you're, do it bigger. Why not do it bigger? So what recommendations would you have to give not only myself, because I'm motivated, but to just to show everybody else around me what's possible? So, um, yeah, so what, what is at the heart of all of this uh, is not really more numbers, but belief. I mean, the heart, heart of everything more numbers happen when belief goes up and belief in what's possible. And so part of what mastery is about as an ecosystem is to 
shout out and show out and, 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 and have people explain to you what is possible. And when you can start to use what is possible to impregnate a sales force with belief and idea and passion and opportunity, then growth is the byproduct of that decision. So one of the things all of you can do, whether you're leaders or not, is make sure that things like Facebook Live, in fact, if you're watching this right now, you need to share this with as many people as you can. You need to, you need to take this out and, and have people realize there's, there's loan officers and agents all over America that could be watching this and probably will, that could have a higher belief about what is possible. So belief is about new ideas, but belief is about do I see myself doing that? And the problem in business is that we give somebody a shiny new tool and tell them to use it because we know it'll help them, but if they don't believe it, they won't adopt it, and if they don't adopt it, they won't utilize it. So let me tell you, um, my, from my vantage point, leadership, which is what we're talking about right here, mm -hmm. leadership is helping people believe in something before you tell them to do something. That is leadership. And my job is to help you define what your life and business would look like if your confidence in achievement was high. Assuming for the moment your confidence in achievement was high, tell me where you'd like to go, right? The problem with business plans is that for most companies, there's something they make their LOs do. And if you make an LO do a business plan and an LO doesn't fundamentally believe that it's good to have a plan, the plan is a worthless exercise in futility. But if somebody says to you, I would love to be at $40 million by the end of 2018, and you ask them, what would that mean to you? What would that do for you? Those are emotional, what's, what are called triggers. So if you can tell me what 40 million feels like, if you can tell me what 40 million will do for you, if you could tell me and give me visual input on the, the money and the life and whatever it is, then all I have to do as a leader is tell you, let's put a business plan together and every week, let's check in on these emotions to make sure they're starting to happen. Would you commit to that? If I could help you achieve this because you want to feel that, would you be willing to meet with me and review your progress every week? If you come into coaching, you have a two-hour call before any coaching starts it ever. And that two-hour call answers one question in the deepest way possible. Help me as your coach understand what's important about success to you and how you define your future and why that's important. And literally, the call is about 80% emotion and 20% let's start laying the track. If you haven't done it yet, you should have every LO on your team subscribe to Todd Duncan TV. It's our YouTube channel. It's, it comes out every single Monday. We have somewhere between 10 and 15 minute lessons every single week to show 
the content, the strategy, the idea that facilitates high belief. I have one objective. My only objective in Todd Duncan TV is to help people believe in a better tomorrow. And if we can help people believe in a better tomorrow and we're leaders and they're out rocking and rolling with uh, just me interfacing with them, if you're a manager, I'd watch it together as a team. It's 15 minutes. It's free. It'll change your life. Got it? Yeah. Just just subscribe to our YouTube channel and, and let me help you with that. So we can have people start to believe what's possible when they see other people achieving what they thought was impossible. That's the key. Impossible that becomes possible and achievable and believable is the catalyst for growth, period. You don't believe it, you won't do it. And it's not, you're not going to do it because you don't think it's smart to do it. You're just not going to do it because your belief is low. Okay? All right, we're, gonna, we're going back over here. We've got 10 more minutes. Hi. Hi, good morning. What's your name? My name's Jesse Prince. Jesse? Jesse Prince. Jesse, that's... Does anybody watch Empire? No. <laughs> no, that dude, Jesse, I don't... Smollett? Jesse Smollett? He's one of the actors, and he's a great musician. He's got very passionate music, so I love that name. I'm neither of those things, unfortunately. Um, what, I am passionate. I am not an actor yeah, or a musician. Say, you sure you want to go on record live? No, no. Tell people you don't have passion. I do indeed. I, I am, and I'm going to fund over 100 units next year with my newly acquired coaching through High Trust. So that'll happen. So one of the wait, things. Wait, wait, wait. She just went on record with a, a commitment for 100 loans. Um, it's there. For the 100 loan commitment. Mu- Okay, so part of that is the theme of hiring in advance of demand. So I want to hire a new mindset in advance of the oncoming demand that I'm going to handle next year in the coming 12 months. What is the number one differentiator in mindset that I should hire that you see between 50 unit, 60 unit LOs to the 100, 200, 300? What mindset do I need to hire? Okay, um, sit down. Uh, get your pens out. Um, guys, can you throw up that slide, the six mindsets of breakthrough thinkers? Okay, number one. Everybody that accelerates and goes from where they are to a higher place of being, number one, they have a core belief that it's never too late to change. Breakthrough thinkers are always thinking, it doesn't matter where I am now, It matters that if I change today, I will have a better tomorrow. It is never too late to recover a client. It is never too late to call on a new client. It's never too late to start this. It's never too late to become this. It's never too late to do this. And the people that think it's too late give up, and when you give up, you go down. Just like that. Okay, number two is they shoot for the unknown and they see themselves succeeding. So one of the answers to Jesse's question, and I can't, I was not prepared to go through this slide. It was sitting on the, the sidelines and since, since you asked the question, here we go. It's got to be destiny, right? 
But, but what, I, what I see happening with people that really, really achieve is they have no boundaries in thinking about what is possible. They have no boundaries in, in thinking or seeing what is possible except for what they want. And, and stuff that, that happens that starts off with a decision for one thing. Wally, I'm going to call you out. Wally made a decision four years ago that in order to be in a high-performing LO and shooting the moon and now, you know, hitting, knocking on the door, 100 million, right? That he needed to start buying rental properties. And one of the things he did is he bought his first rental property. And two years ago, he, he sent me a, 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 a text that had a, I can't believe it, I now own 15 rental properties. And then he started thinking, well, if I own 15, I could probably own 16. And he kept thinking that way, but he'd never owned a rental property four years ago. And now, am I right? You're at 31? Wait a minute, because two months ago, you were at 24. <laughs> so here's a guy sitting in this room on Friday morning that in four years has accumulated 31 rental properties. That's huge. So why do you want to get good at doing loans? You want to get good at doing loans so you have cash to invest for your future. Shot for the unknown. Shot for the unknown. What is the unknown? The unknown is your potential. I don't know mine. You don't know yours, but we all know we're not hitting it as much as we could. Number three. So third mindset, they crush their comfort zones. All change hurts. If change didn't hurt, everybody would be great. And they have the ability to go through the pain of gain. They crush their comfort zones. They call on the people they don't want to call on. They invest the money they're afraid of investing. They hire the second teammate before they're ready. And the comfort zone is, watch this, the comfort zone is calling on the people that you kind of like calling on without the filter of, is that yielding anything great? Because if you don't raise your skills, you don't improve the quality of the people you call on. You want to call on a Tim Smith with 40, 40 people on his team that owns South Coast California on the Laguna Coast? You want to call him? You better crush your comfort zone and get some scripting going and get some role playing going and find out somebody that knows Tim and you better shoot the moon. You can't say, oh, Tim, man, he's so big. He's not going to meet with me. Who knows? It could be that lucky moment in time. It could be that day. It could be right now. He might be sitting in his chair right now going, my lender sucks. You know, we don't know. Comfort is for wusses. It is. It is absolutely a wimp move. You should be throttling to the very end. Not because you want to do more, not because you need more, not because you have to have more. You should be throttling to the end because you are more. 
What keeps you alive is more. Not more money necessarily, but more. More what? More life. That's what keeps you alive. There is never a point in which you should retire. There is never a point in which you should stop working. There is never a point in which you should give up on a dream. There's never a year in your life that you should not have a goal, ever. My dad's 90 years old, and he has a goal. His goal is to minister to his three sons and his five grandsons the truth of why he believes and what he believes about an eternal God. And he looked at us the other day and he said, that is my goal. I want my sons and I want my grandsons to see the life of my faith through me every time we're together. And it was interesting because we were in the living room the other day and we were facing some challenges uh, with my mom and some of her health and then uh, some challenges that, that keep continuing rearing their head with, you know, being a parent and whatnot. And um, the conversation was my mom asking for prayer and me saying, we'll pray for you, mom. And I'm thinking, okay, we'll go home and pray for her. And my dad says, we're not going anywhere till we pray for, mom, for, for your mom, for Gloria. And right there, he was a man of faith. And I, I'm not, it's not the faith piece, it's that my dad, every day is a gift right now. At 90 years old with a broken hip and a, you know, he still tries to pull dead trees out of the yard and he trips and hurts himself and goes into the hospital and just, you know, but his goal is to stay alive so he can minister truth to his kids and his grandkids and that keeps him alive. I firmly believe my dad's still alive because that is what is driving him. And we all have to understand that. We have to crush comfort. And we have to embrace change. Number four, mindset is they don't live in the problem. They live in a solution. Woe is me is for wimps. You got a problem. You got something going on. There's something that isn't working right. You know, I put on my mirror, what's my solution Thinking about a problem, listen, makes you think more about the problem. Everybody's got problems. Stop thinking about it. Solve it. How many days does a problem continue? Well, past the time you identify it without at least initiating some change is another day that you're living in the problem. And so, Jesse, all high performers go through this mindset of, okay, what's good about this? And what do I need to do next? So what, JoJo? So what? Now what? So what? Now what? Change how you see the situation, and the situation changes. Huge idea. Number five, they understand patience as a form of action. Did you know that really patience is a strategy? Do you know how many people don't have patience and give up on something too soon and that one thing could have changed everything? 
And I get that we want results fast, but big results take time and they don't happen fast. And the sadness is that if you're not patient, you could lose hundreds of millions of dollars in loans. I got completely rejected by Debbie Johnson in, in when I was a loan officer. She, she worked for Carlisle Real Estate in Anaheim, California. She was a top producer in the office, and I got, I got rejected. She, she had a lender, had been with a lender seven years, and uh, my mentor told me uh, uh, that, that I needed to, to be masterful in the art of positioning. And so in role-playing that out with John and figuring out what I was going to say, um, when Debbie rejected me and said, I'm not going to move my business, I get that, I understand that, I said to Debbie these words. I said, you know what? I really admire your loyalty. I would love one day to earn that same kind of loyalty. Would it be all right with you if I continue to get to know you, chat when we're on broker caravan, say hi when we're at the real estate board, give you ideas that you might find helpful in real estate, would you be okay with that? And she said, you would do that? I said, absolutely. And she said, why? And I said, because if anything ever happens to your number one lender, I would like to be in a position with you where you already trust me. And the moment you make that change, we're ready to go. Would that be okay? And she looked at me, she, she said, you're, you're crazy. <laughs> I said, nope, I'm different. And I said, most, most loan officers right now would say, okay, and call on somebody else two desks down. I'll wait, and I will earn your loyalty. And it took 18 months of patience doing what I just laid out for you. And when her lender messed up 18 months later and three transactions crumbled, she called me and she said, Todd, it's Debbie at Carl Rao. Effective immediately. You're my guy. I didn't have to say, what does that mean, Debbie? <laughs> I spent 18 months of patience. I got 12 loans the first day. And in three and a half years, three and a half years, Closed over $60 million with one real estate agent with an average loan amount of $79,000. Patience. Managers recruiting. Patience. The reason why we're not patient is because we're not adding value. When you add value, it's easy to be patient because you already know the eventual outcome is they're going to say yes. Because if I'm giving you enough and your manager isn't giving you enough, if I'm giving you more and somebody that you're loyal to isn't giving you more, all I have to do is give more, and ultimately, the scales are going to go, and you need to be there when that happens. Number six, final one, they let their curiosity outweigh their fear. Curiosity killed the cat. 
And I want you to, I want you to realize that, that you got to be curious to be successful. Is there a new way to do this? Is there a different way to do this? Is there something I can monitor? The whole theme of this conference is breakthrough. Is there something I can do uniquely differently? What if I try it this way? What maybe I could happen if I went over here? What would be great about that if it happened? And curiosity can trump fear because curiosity unleashes dopamine and endorphins serotonin, all positive energies in the mind and the chemical balance of the mind. Fear traps those and they're not released. And so the more you deal with fear, the more fear persists. And the only, the only elixir, the only prescription to fear is to balance it out with faith. Faith trumps fear. And the only reason, the only way you can have faith is to be curious about a better tomorrow. Scriptures tell us faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. If I go through my life with faith, I don't have fear. Faith blows fear out of the water. And so let curiosity just flow. Just let it become your norm. Imagine going through life every day, curious. Hey, thanks for being part of today's episode. I've got a special gift for you I want to make sure you are aware of. I just released a 25-page ebook entitled The Five Irrefutable Principles of a High-Performance Business. These five principles are game-changing. There's a lot of methods towards success. But if you ignore the principles, it's very, very hard to know that those methods will work. Go to the show notes below, just click on the link, download this 25-page ebook, and see what kind of impact it can make in your business and your life.